is uh, This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus Cheek, and you're listening to the London, the London is Blue, Blue podcast. podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. As always, your host, Brandon, Joe, my host, Nick Nodan. He is off runaround in Banff, Canada. Uh, not really sure where he's at, but hopefully his wife continues to post updates on Instagram, Nick, so we know they're doing all right. Yeah, they've, they've been on like eight hikes in a row, just exploring uh, what, what nature has up there. It's a beautiful area, so I'm jealous that they they got to go. I hear it's like the, the national park to go to if you could go to one. I have also heard the same. So, yeah, he's kind of out and about this week, so uh, we're going to knock out this Dinamo Zagreb match review. Uh, pretty convenient on his part to miss this one. Weird. So, yeah, we'll we'll do our best. Uh, as you hear, Nick coughing a little bit in case Jake and, uh, can't get it all edited out. Influenza A today, sir, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Way to double down on your shit day. Really, uh, really drove it home, didn't it? Um, yeah, sorry if you hear the coughing. I've, I've not felt well for a few days, um, and this thing is rocking me, so go get your flu shots, people. Uh, so, you know, some challenges that we're going to overcome, that we're going to knock out, but uh, we're going to try to break it down. You know, what was that? I, we're we're going to try to talk about it. The fact that Chelsea start their quest for another Champions League title in the worst way possible. And we're just going to react to a baffling performance by Chelsea, the collective players manager in Croatia. So uh, to kick it off, Nick, we do have the three word match reviews to get a temperature check of where everyone's at. Uh, again, one of the most highly engaged pieces of things we do on a weekly basis. And, uh, you know, unsurprisingly, the people brought it. Yep. A friend of the pod, Janique, who uh, we have met in person multiple times with bad blue boys mimicking the TIFO that was in the stadium. Uh, Sebastian Roche with shockingly bad performance. Is it that shocking? We will discuss. Uh, Tana overall with something smells rotten. Southeast Blues with this ain't it. And I would add comma chief to that. Uh, Neil Robertson with surprise, surprise, surprise. We can't break down a low block. That's all. That's three words that he's made some amendments to there, which I think is interesting. Surprise, surprise, surprise could have just been one. Over usage of the compound wording. Yeah, there's a lot of consonants in there, my guy. Um, Kate with zero positive takeaways. We were crap. Laughable at best. She hit us with a three for there. Uh, Ben Stanzel with pure unadulterated crap uh, with the It's Always Sunny meme. Snacks with Why Not Europa. Interesting. (coughs) Pardon me. And then uh, JKT10890 with everything is missing. Quote Thomas Tuchel as who uh, said that sadly. Uh, obviously, we don't want from Dan, so I can't lead off with him. I went with pot for tomfoolery uh, because I, I don't know what to make of this. You always have. I, I think I said this in the Chelsea uh, Twitter spaces that we did. I'm like, ah, oh, there's always a dark horse. There's always a pop four team that rallies and causes issues. It was not supposed to be Dinamo Zagreb. I tell you that. So, uh, Tom foolery at its finest, uh, Nick, what about you? Two time European champions. That's what I went with. Doesn't roll off the tongue at all. Ch- champions. No. Okay. I feel like for some reason it's like, reminds me of Funyuns, you know, just not a great thing. 
Yeah, those aren't great either. Yeah, I'm probably going to get lit up in the comments from the Funyun underworld, but uh, we'll have to see what happens. Uh, hey, huge shout-outs to Garth, Jordan, and Rakesh. You joined us on Patreon. Um, if you want another community, maybe that's not Twitter, check it out. We have a Discord chat server. I actually just posted a very detailed, in-depth breakdown of all the goals we conceded and what is and is not Mendy's fault in my opinion, it's about a 27-minute video. Uh, so we're going to continue to post more content there that we quite literally can't post on uh, on the podcast. And then Apple Podcasts, we didn't have any five-star reviews. So again, shout out to everybody. Helps us get seen, helps us rank above the shitty ESPN FCs and those things out there. Uh, and then Spotify, we're at 4.9 stars on 1,400-plus reviews. So uh, on our way to 1,500, which is exciting. So again, just thank you to everybody who's supporting us in those ways. They really do mean a lot in the podcast world. So uh, shout out to all of you. So uh, here we are at the match details. It was done in Mozagreb this past Tuesday, the 6th of September in the Champions League at Stadion Maximer. I'm sure I crushed that. Uh, in case you missed the scoreline, Dinamo 1, Chelsea nil. That is right. Shut out away in Europe, in Croatia. The single goal come from Mislav Orsic in the 13th minute. No highlights because it's Champions League. Chelsea does not have rights to do it. So we got to go right into the lineup, Nick. And let's bypass their 3-1-4-2 and head into our starting lineup of a 3-4-3, which was then like a 4-3-3, which then was a 3-5-2, and then it was just a 1-3-6 at the end. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, the 1-3-6 is a classic of ours. Uh, Kepa, Aretha Balaga, getting a shot in goal. We find out prior to the match about an hour before that uh, old Mendy has a patella tendon injury, which is a bit scary and something we should talk about in more depth later on. Hopefully it's it's very mild and not something like a terror because the terrors, oof, you shudder to kind of think about that. Or it's a cover. <laughs> Maybe. I feel like it's an oddly specific cover, though. Um, so let's hope that that's better not. than the hockey injuries where they just say lower body injury. Yeah, <laughs> they're, yeah. they're unbelievably vague chest. You're like, OK, uh, well, it's a good thing. There's not multiple parts of that going on. Uh, all right. Cesar Espilicueta makes his return to the lineup with Wesley Fafana playing in the uh, kind of central role, the Tiago Silva role. Uh, Kaladu Koulibaly making up the back three. Ben Joel getting a well-deserved start after his heroics at the weekend. Mateo Kovacic and Mason Mount making up your midfield pivot with Reese James playing the other side. Kai Havertz, Raheem Sterling, and Aubameyang up front getting the start, mask and all. Uh, and look, substitutes bench, pretty full. Uh, unused subs, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, Bettinelli, Chef Chalaba, uh, Zakaria, Connor Gallagher, and Carney Chukwemeka. Used subs of Jorginho, Christian Pulisic, Armando Broya, Hakim Ziyech, and Mark Kukurea. All right, some of the top-line stats from this one here. Uh, Chelsea was 62% possession. Uh, we had 15 attempts. Let me scroll down. UEFA do theirs a little bit differently. Uh, we had three on target, four off target, and two blocked, and we hit the woodwork once. Uh, Dinamo on the other side had six attempts, three on target. So we had over double the amount of attempts, but we had the same amount on target. Uh, they had one off target. They had eight blocks, uh, didn't hit the woodwork, uh, nor the crossbar. Um, so yeah, it was pretty, pretty interesting. Uh, defensively, Chelsea had 60 ball recoveries. We had two blocks. They had 37 ball recoveries, eight blocks, uh, 10 tackles there, 18, 
clearances, they had 30 attempted and got nine away. We had seven attempted, six away. So I guess in that sense, it's you know pretty good, but um, there's clearly a lot more that goes into it than just that. The XG was Chelsea with a 0.94 to Dinamo Zagreb, 0.4. So we had over double the XG on that, yet, as you might expect, uh, we lost out on that one. Essentially, how the XG works is we were below them all the way until about the 80th minute. And then from 80 to the 98th minute, we were just plummeting, or I guess just pelting shots, anything we can get on there, uh, but couldn't really find anything to make it happen. And then lastly, one random stat, this time from the analyst, that's right, at Opta Analyst says, Misav Orsic's last four games against English clubs Versus Chelsea, he scored. Versus West Ham in the Europa League last December, he scored. Versus West Ham in the Europa League last September, he blanked. Uh, and then versus Spurs in the Europa League, uh, March 2021, he had a hat trick. Dude likes playing English clubs. Dude likes playing London clubs. That is five goals in four matches for the guy. He's uh, quick, too. I mean... A burn I mean, Favana. Burned him. I was I was shocked by that. I was like, clearly 33 is going to get there, right? Nope. The problem with that, Nick, is the technique. There's no high steps. Oh, you're right. That's he what didn't. Rudiger does. He didn't deploy the flaps. He was no. he was too straight line with it. Yeah. That's the, damn it. Yeah. Really so, good point. Uh, we'll have to play some Rudiger footage for him just so we can kind of understand how that works. But anyways, we're going to take a break uh, because this is going to be a tight one. And we're just going to jump right into the Bad Vibes FC on tour uh, and kind of break down the the players and the scores that Adam Newsom have. So thanks to sponsors for supporting the show financially. And we'll be right back. If you're bored of the U.S. Netflix, why not just take it for a spin in the U.K.? Using NordVPN and a click of a button, you can do just that. No need to travel to Japan for your favorite anime when NordVPN brings it right to you. With over 5,000-plus server options, no show is out of your reach. Using my link, nordvpn.com forward slash London is blue, you can receive a huge discount on a two-year plan plus one free month. We all love to binge, but look, privacy is a big deal too. NordVPN keeps your information encrypted so you never have to worry about your IP or location getting out. They've also doubled down on keeping you safe with their new threat protection feature. Say goodbye to intrusive website ads and malware. Even if you download an infected file, threat protection kicks in and deletes it before it makes a mess of your computer. Don't forget, there's literally no risk when you use our 30-day money-back guarantee. Give it a try, and if you like it, great. If you don't, they'll issue you a refund. You can pretend the entire situation never happened check out my link again that's nordvpn.com forward slash london is blue to get your subscription started today all right well chelsea cannot muster an attack and because of that we lose versus dinamo chelsea's collective failing Uh, everyone is to blame for the result and friend of the pot, Adam Newson, had some player ratings uh, that we can kind of play off of. Uh, I've got who scores ratings as well. All bit shit. Um, even though some players kind of could pad their stats, ironically, and and boost up their scores a little bit. But uh, we didn't have an eight. Uh, man, is a man of the match is Perich, actually. Their left center back. Our highest was a 7.7, which is Wesley Fafana. Um, our lowest score being a 6.0, which was Sterling and Aubameyang. Well, that's why we don't listen to who score anymore. 
So, um, I mean, obviously, Keppa was the the new man in, probably the biggest change uh, of the squad. I think Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang making his start was a big uh, play in there. The fact that Mason Mount played as an eight, uh, it was kind of a he big played deal. As, played as a six. He was, he was in the pivot. Yeah, okay. I'm kind of assuming, you know, we played two. It's more of a box-to-box versus if it's a four-two. Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. He played in the middle, not in the attack. So any of those that you want to start with that obviously were the the outliers compared to our normalcy? Um, well, I think we had a spirited discussion on the old goalkeeper situation. So why not start with Keppa? Um, that one-on-one was always going to be tough, um, especially, you know, you can't really sit back on your line and you can't really come out too far, right? You're kind of caught in no man's land in those situations. So, you know, do I think he might have made himself a bit bigger than he did? Uh, probably. But, I, you know, it's hard to really place the blame on his shoulders holistically for that goal. I think there was a huge failing uh, much higher up the field for that. Uh, and then he made a couple of decent saves. You know, I, I was really pleased that he got a, a really good save on the, the long-range effort that was looking like it was going to nestle in the old top corner there. Uh, I think that was a great save. And, you know, I think overall he didn't have a ton to do besides those couple of moments. Right. Um, so, I mean, I think if you were looking at that, looking for, you know, the savior of Chelsea football club, you didn't find what you were looking for because that does not exist, but it was a pretty serviceable performance overall. I didn't, I didn't find a ton, a ton of fault with it. I should say he had nothing to do. Uh, three shots on target, two saves, one goal. The one goal is a breakaway. Did he do great on the breakaway? No, but he's not a big frame. Uh, he parried both of his shots in case that's still a talking point. Uh, he didn't catch anything, but you know, the volley is a, um, that was a burner, you know? And so, uh, it, it was a good save for him, uh, without a doubt. So yeah, I, I kind of put my analysis, like, I don't think there's much to extrapolate out of this one for Keppa. You just kind of say, Hey, you didn't cost us points. Um, so we move on, but he really did not have much to do, not even in possession in this one. Oh no. Um, so the other one is Mason Mount. We're back to him being a stopgap, right? Uh, he kind of plugs the holes wherever you need was not great today in that position, uh, was constantly caught up in his natural attacking roles and our, you know, Kovacic was really deep. Mason was kind of up there. There's really no connection between those two, but again, it's like our fifth or sixth midfield pairing or collective unit in there. And so it's just more of the same, but also in the midfield, you know, they had four, they had three in there, you know, and they're three, one, four, two. And, and we had the two, they're obviously heavily defensive. So there's a lot of space to be had, but I just remember, especially in the second half, there was a lot of times where it seemed like Kovacic was the lone man in there, or it was like a Raheem Sterling coming back to get it. Um, I, I don't blame him a whole lot because he had to play a role that he's not used to and has had to play for, you know, six months or something like that. But it definitely didn't work, Nick. And I don't know what was wrong with Ruben. I don't know. You know, it sounds like Jorginho wasn't fully fit. Um, you know, Ollie Glamba even asked about Sakaria. Uh, I don't know. Was he even on the on the bench? Yeah, he was on the bench. All right. So, uh, I mean, there's different options, but I, I just know that the Mason Kova two-man midfield was not it today. No. Um, it was not. I mean, I don't, I don't think anyone would identify Mason as a six. You know, he's far too valuable in the attacking third to, you know, make that happen. I think there are a bunch of people who are 
resuming their Mason Mount uh, criticism train from a couple of years ago. Um, who had to ceremoniously jump off because turns out he's a pretty fucking good player. Um, but they have, they picked it up again. If you look at Twitter, um, uh, lots of don't sign him to a long term deal. Lots of he's the worst player in our squad right now. Lots of you know, look, he didn't play well. He hasn't played well all year to to this point. He's um, sorry, no. I, I was gonna say so. Uh, I test he didn't play well stats wise. He did well for uh, a, a central midfielder. He actually had five shots today. Um, which one one that could have gone in? I mean, only a one on target, right? Yeah. One off target and three blocked. So you know he had our best shot of the game. I would say, I mean, yeah, I because think so. Aubameyang didn't shoot, which we're going to touch on him next. <laughs> but Mason to kind of grab that cross off the half volley and smack it in uh, was really well. Um, you know, the other one being that he had. Uh, let me see here. He had five tackles, so he's obviously involved defensively. Um, took a corner, didn't have any dribbles, didn't win any aerials. You know, those aren't his strengths, anyways. And he had ninety-one percent pass success. So, like, he was definitely involved in things, but like I said, he wasn't. He he's too forward thinking to kind of like be in a holding role and to like recycle the passes and stuff. He was always looking for gaps and things like that. And I think I posted. Uh, you know, that screen grab where essentially it was Kovacic with Aspi and Reese or, you know, whoever is over there. And it was a 30 yard gap in the middle. Literally the referee probably couldn't throw a ball and hit anybody because no one was in the center. No, I mean, look, the guy is the face of our club right now, whether people like it or not. I mean, he is Chelsea. He has not played well this year. I don't know why. I'm not going to make excuses for him. He's a really talented guy who's going to figure it out. I mean, he's also 23 years old. So, you know, at, at some point, you know, he's going to get back on the good foot. But what I like about Mason is he's accountable. He said after the match, we have to be brutally honest with ourselves. It's not good enough. We started well, but let the game slip away. That's happened a lot over the last couple of games. It's something we need to look at. Like, he wasn't good enough. They weren't good enough. Like, just let's just say it and move, like, move on. Like, I, I don't know why we're... He he wasn't the weak link amongst a bunch of strong performances today. <laughs> no. God, I mean, no. There's really no sense to call him out in that. I just thought he had a tough day because he had to fill in, for some reason, in a position that he's not most comfortable in. I mean, Adam Newsom had him at a four. Okay. Same That's with fair. Koulibaly, Aspie, uh, Chilwell, Aubameyang, Sterling, Broya. I mean, Jorginho. He had everyone at fours. There was fours and fives. You, you lost to Dinamo Zagreb in uh, in the Champions League. It shouldn't. It shouldn't ever happen. Yeah. It shouldn't ever happen. It's bad. And he wasn't out. good. So yeah, I mean, let's let's keep it moving down the not good train. Yeah. Uh, Aubameyang obviously getting his maybe surprising start in this one. Uh, I think I was Matt- I was pretty surprised. I'll be honest with you. Uh, Matt Law had a tweet talking about his character since it was only about a week, week and a half since he had that in-home burglar armed robbery where they broke his jaw. I mean, he had his mask. It looks like he must have broken like the upper jaw. Um, and he clearly has a mentality. He wants to play, wants to be involved. I'm sure he's excited. Lively start. Uh, I think overall we saw some good things from him. Uh, zero shots though. So clearly a little too unselfish. 
But how about this from a mentality and an attitude standpoint? Because those are probably the two biggest concerns people have post-Arsenal about Aubameyang. I thought he worked hard. I thought he was involved. He seemed willing to move for the team. Uh, you know, was the chemistry and maybe the understanding of everything there? No. But at least in this extremely small sample size, Nick, I felt like what we saw was at least positive in terms of mentality um, and kind of commitment to the cause. Yeah, I mean, he he played okay. Uh, you know, I thought some of the stuff in the first 10 minutes, the way they were moving the ball around the final third, creating different kinds of space than we've seen in the last couple of matches was really solid. You know, they had some great interchange and I was like, well, surely this is going to lead to a goal, right? Wrong. Um, and then of course, you know, he gets on the break and elects to pass it into no one instead of shooting, which I, uh, I just, I, I need us to shoot at goal. I need us to have 28, 29 shots a game. I want to rip it from the halfway line. I don't give a shit. Just take it from an impossible angle. It doesn't matter to me because that goalkeeper would have parried a ball into someone else's feet to bury for a, an easy tap in. Like it, that's the thing that bothers you about his performance is that he had a couple of moments where he could have shot the ball and he hesitated. And, and everyone now is wondering, Oh my God, is the nine shirt cursed? Is he cursed? Is you know, like, and then it just, it lets all this negativity in when you don't at least rip the shot on goal and make the goalkeeper make a save. That's the ideal situation. Now, did their goalkeeper, Levakovic, have a good game? Yeah. Sure. But did we really make him work for it? No, not really. No. Uh, which is a bit frustrating, I think, all the way around. Um, I think positive enough. You know, he got his roughly 60 minutes, 55 minutes, and then Broya came on. Um, what I thought was great about Broya, and I tweeted this, Nick, is that no one batted an eye that Broya came on away in the Champions League down a goal. At least I didn't. Nothing that I saw. He no. he he seems like, yeah, of course you bring Broya on. Like, let's go, which I think is awesome for him that he can know that he's at this level and we need him to do something. You know, he had to fight. It wasn't easy. I mean, shit, they were defending with 11, but uh, he got in and, and got after a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I expected him to start today. You know, I think after his last couple of performances, he was decently bright against Southampton. I think played a, a big role in in Kai having space for the winner at the weekend. And, you know, he's a big physical dude. Like, the ball falls to him. Anything can happen, right? He's kind of a bully in the box. And we haven't had that for a number of years now. Like, probably since Diego Costa was here. Like, a real physical presence. You know, I wouldn't consider Tammy that you know, that kind of presence, you know, maybe Giroux, but he did it a little bit differently. He had a little bit more finesse. He wasn't, he wasn't like Costa was, which is just raging bull. You know, I think that's more of what, of what Broya can bring. And yeah, like one misplaced back header and that dude's in for a goal. And that's what you want from a striker is just to be in a position to potentially score. And I, you know, we didn't get a whole lot from him or anyone else tonight. So that's why he, he probably isn't worth a whole lot of mention here. But I, I mean, the, the longer that our attack continues to struggle, the more you need to try different combinations to figure out what will work. Um, and I think that at the weekend, 
against Fulham is the perfect time for our boy Armando to get out there and try and earn himself a place uh, because what we saw today is just not going to cut it. Definitely not an isolated incident. I think this was probably Raheem's worst performance in a Chelsea shirt, but pretty bad. Like he's also looked really good up until mm-hmm. this point. So it's like, uh, he wasn't going to play perfect all season or like to that level. So he dropped his, you know, it, it, to me, he kind of had that sense of, oh, I'm trying to do too much because I feel this responsibility. One too many touches, one too many, um, you know, turns or, or just whatever it was. Um, usually we see him a little bit better in space, but that there was none of that to be had, uh, which which made it tricky. So I don't know. Look, Reese looked good. Fofana, him and Kaladu Koulibaly clearly need minutes on the training pitch together. Um, they, I'm worried about Koulibaly, man. They look weird. I mean, I'll surely he's not not scratched after a silly red card against Leeds. Like, surely all that Tottenham love isn't gone. No, but he just doesn't look like he knows where he's supposed to be yet, right? Which I guess is is fair. He's only had a little bit of training camp and a few matches, but him and Fafana went for the, the same ball today, and that's what caused the goal. Like, they didn't have the switch off. We got beat by a header over the top and a dude who was fast. <laughs> like that's how easy it was to break down Chelsea football club with Kaladu Koulibaly and Wesley Fafana, 115 million pounds worth of defenders at the back. I, I mean, I I'm worried, man. Like they just don't look like they, and even him and Silva don't look like they know what the other's supposed to be doing. He doesn't maintain the left side discipline that I thought he would in this back three. And I found it interesting. And I don't know if you picked this up, but when they moved to the four, he was on the right, which, uh, you know, the right of the two, which I thought was like, Oh, maybe this is like, maybe we got to get him on the right. Maybe he's going to maintain discipline a little bit more. I don't know, but it was, uh, yeah, it was a challenge for him today. He did not, he did not really play that well. And again, we didn't really give up that much, but in those critical moments that we're used to, Antonio Rudiger stepping up and making a game-saving tackle or, or header out or just maintaining discipline against a Mo Salah or someone really dangerous. Like, you imagine playing Erling Holland today? Whew, dude, would have been brutal. I think part of it, too, is that, uh, you know, they didn't have anything really in attack. They were so deep in their half. Like, as defenders, it's a little bit tough because you have to pick and choose your time to go forward. You know, it's not a typical shape. Like with Tottenham, we were tight defensively. Our midfields were tucked in. Like our shape was all over the place today. So I know that there is a little bit of awkwardness with that. The goal we conceded was that should never have happened. I believe they both speak French. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, listeners. But like that's... So there's either two ways you play it. One, whoever's closest to the ball attacks it, Fafana. And then Kaladu drops in to provide cover. Or B, Fafana, they say, no, no, no. You're the center center back. You're always last name back. You're like a sweeper. And then Kaladu steps and Fofana drops. But none of that, like, and to me, that's like a training ground stuff where you set up, you say, hey, this is how we want to play these situations. It just didn't happen. Um, I mean, St- like if Stoke would have scored that goal against us in the, in the league cup, you'd have been like, yeah, that makes sense. That's a Stoke goal. Like header guy who's fast. Like, not not ideal um all right well we can talk about the manager i mean look i know a lot of people are annoyed with pulisic we didn't even talk about ziesh like 
why can we can we quickly sure you yeah you can i mean there's obviously zero positives everyone that the common line is he doesn't want to be here you can see it i mean my, the dude had five shots he was tied mason for most on the pitch um he's got that left foot but it, not if it doesn't connect with anybody it doesn't really matter i mean i've i've seen some substitute appearances over the years this is an all-time pantheon of terrible like really, really poor. Like he came on at half. He had full half, right? He subbed for Aspie, started on the right, then they moved him to the left. They, he takes a free kick, hit it right into the wall. It comes right back to him, hits it right into the wall again. Then we get another free kick. Reese James is looking at him like, no, no, this is me now. He's like, no, 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 got this. Hits it right into the fucking wall again. Can't cross a ball. Can't shoot a ball. It, I mean, my goodness, it was horrible. And again, it's not just him. It was everybody on the night, so it's probably unfair to nitpick. But that is one of the all-time worst substitute appearances I've ever seen. He's getting a lot of it. I tell you that much on social. Um, you know, the other thing that people said was like, oh, Zish and Pulisic, they both wanted to leave. They're not fighting for the badge. They don't like Tuchel. The only thing I would say that separates those two is that Zish is not participating in a World Cup. Pulisic is. So Pusik will put that ahead of any dislikes for Tuchel or like frustrations that he's still there. He has a ton to play for right now. Um, so again, I think the only thing you can charge him with is being guilty of is the Raheem situation of trying to do too much. Um, can I, can I just address that though? Sure. There are going to be some players that play some players that don't. When you carry a squad of 18 players, Seven of them aren't going to play every match. Like, that's just the way that it is, right? Bettinelli is not going to play any matches this year. Still showing up, still doing a job, right? Keppa plays the odd one. Like, they're all incentivized to play their best every single time they go out there. It doesn't matter if Ziyech isn't going to the World Cup or not. He has incentives in his contract that he probably wants to get. He has a family to take care of, like... All these guys have incentives beyond just do I love the manager or not? And I, I think that is such a boring and tired narrative. I think that, sure, there, there's probably some workplace animus happening right now. I think no one's happy with where they're at in the team. But to, to insinuate that a player would go out there and actively, you know, decompose on the field just to prove a point, like they lose just as fast as anything else in that scenario. So I just, I don't buy that. You know, I don't know. I, I hate seeing that online. All right. Moving to the manager, Adam Newsom tweeted, I think the most concerning aspect of tonight is that I'm not that surprised. There's so much work for Tuchel to do across the team. First time Chelsea have lost three consecutive away games under the German coach and add up to Joe providing context saying a hundred tonight was Thomas Tuchel's a hundredth match in charge of Chelsea. In his first 50 games, they've only conceded 24 goals, while in his last 50, they've conceded 53 goals breakdown, which I think we've like talked about before. I think we've seen that that stat of like, hey, first 50 matches, defensive juggernauts, didn't concede anything. Then he kind of got into like that weird winter COVID time where we were the one of the only teams who did not get a week off uh, in that period, yet had COVID and injuries. So, um, and then it kind of went downhill from there. Pretty, pretty obvious in that sense but um 
there's a graph that kind of visualizes the way it's gone, Nick, and and you can really clearly see um, essentially three different phases under Tuchel so far. Yeah. I mean, so uh, I think this was expected Chelsea, right? Yep. Put this out. Yeah, so I just want to give credit there. Uh, this is Chelsea's chance creation and defensive quality under Thomas Tuchel. Two things that we're here to talk about tonight. Uh, for the better part of, you know, the first period, which he has kind of leading, you know, I think the, the, maybe like the, the champions league is a high point there, uh, high point for a chance creation, low point for goals against right. That run in, in May, it really peaks last year, October and November, where we went on that run, where we beat Juventus off the pitch, where we were flying, Right. That was about the highest. That was about 2.6, you know, big chance creations a game to negative 0.4 on, on the defensive side. So like a big, big gap between those two statistics. And right now they basically overlap, right? Like, uh, so it's, it's not negative. Sorry, that's just a little dash. It's a very small graph. But basically like 0.4 against... 2.64. That's really where you want to live. You're not giving anything up. You're creating enough chances to score. Right now, it's about uh, the uh, about one given up a game and less than one created. You're not going to win that many in that scenario. You're probably going to draw a lot, right? Like, it's just not great. But October, November last year, January of last year, and then basically the start of this year is a huge decline in that sort of efficiency. And we kind of fell off a cliff last spring, as we all know, from a chance creation standpoint. Yeah. The only good thing though with this graph is that there's only two points where we were inversely uh, creating chances versus conceding. So we've always maintained our head above water, but again, you can see the erosion of, you know, chances created, which is what we need. And right now, while the defense is trying to figure themselves out, cause there's four new signings and goalkeeper and, and midfielders and a lot of rotation in the midfield. Um, you, you need you need one of the two things to be rock solid, the defense or the goals. And right now, both are in transition. And so it's an absolute sloppy, wet, slip and slide of a mess. It's it's fascinating, though. Like the last couple of matches we pointed out, like the, the tactic was to give up nothing, right? Lock it down, give up nothing. We basically have, I mean, outside of two weird chances – very few shots on target, very few shots at all. And we still conceded two bad goals. That wasn't happening at the peak, right? We were locking it down. And locking it down meant zero goals conceded, not one goal conceded, right? And I think this team is just a bunch of front runners. If they haven't given anything up, they play with freedom. They create more chances. When they're down, the mentality and the anxiety and everything that comes with it gets in their head. I, I have to believe that's the case. Yeah. Well, uh, solutions are going to be big and hard to come for. Uh, uh, I know that they're looking at directors of football and, and kind of obviously a new head of scouting, you know, but those are going to take a while to really kind of bed in and understand the system and kind of being able to implement their plan. Um, so we're going to have to see how this shakes out, but the window's closed. So who we have is who we have. Uh, there are rumors that Tuchel, uh, not really Tuchel, I guess, maybe even Todd Bully are looking at January signings and another January budget. So we'll have to see because, you know, quite honestly, well, uh, you know, 
there are rumblings about and disgruntledness of Tuchel at the same time. Like, you know, he's got to perform. He's got to get results because uh, bullies splash the cash, and, and we have to see it. So um, hmm, time is going to fix that. Tuchel needs to find something now, which he addressed in his post-match. So um, some of the other results are, I guess, you know, the group, we're in Group E. Uh, we're at the bottom because we lost, and Milan and Salzburg drew 1-1. So Dinamo at top, Milan, Salzburg, Chelsea, way too early. A lot of match days left. But I watched them in Milan-Salzburg match. They were much more organized than we were. Uh, I will just say that. Even Austrian-Salzburg, they lack some quality, but they have the cohesiveness that we long for right now. Um, and then Nick, kind of, kind of some interesting results throughout the, the day today. Um, I don't think really any other big shocks except... Uh, us in RB Leipzig, and then obviously the big headliner of PSG Juventus. Yeah, I mean, Dortmund, Cruz, Copenhagen, Benfica, Cruz, uh, Maccabi, Haifa, City, Cruz, Sevilla, uh, Real Madrid beats Celtic, Shakhtar Donetsk, the uh, Ukrainian team who I think is playing in Poland or something of that sort. Something of that sort. 4-1 over Leipzig, which is a huge story. That's in Timo's Leipzig. Leipzig to you. Yeah, that is Timo's Leipzig to me. Um, but, man, massive congratulations to Donetsk. Uh, I know that's a, a has to be a huge boon for them. And then PSG beating Juventus. I mean, like, this is this is the Champions League now. This is These are the best teams in the world. Uh, this is the best competition in the world. Chelsea are in real trouble if we show up to another group stage match like we did today. I mean, the, the math would just tell you that, right, Brandon? I mean, this is a a team that can now probably only lose one more match and, you know, to, to make it through. If you lose to what is supposed to be the weakest team in your group, I don't, I don't feel great going to Milan. I don't feel great going to Salzburg. I don't feel great playing them at home right now either. Yeah, which is what we're gonna have to do. But uh, can I can I make a closing note? Yeah, because I said I would. Yeah, on, on the old Twitterverse, and I know this went longer than we anticipated. I don't enjoy watching this team play football. I don't. I've done it a lot in my life. I've committed many thousands of hours to it via this podcast. Watching this team play football is really hard to do. I don't enjoy it, and I haven't enjoyed it for some time. And not just because, you know, we we didn't win anything of substance last year, not just because, you know, we're down the table a little bit or not, you know, a real contender for the Champions League. They the players don't look like they're having fun. The supporters are doing all they can to boost them up. And I don't. There's just nothing energy generating about watching Chelsea right now, other than the negative stuff, which, which takes you in a whole different direction. Um, it's not fun. I, I, I watched it in person multiple times over the last three months, right? Between the summer tour and, and seeing us at Southampton, the vibes are bad right now. I don't know how to fix that. I, you know, I could make up some bullshit and preach like a bunch of other big accounts will do about what we need to do, but that's disingenuous at best. So I think the, you know, I hope at some point, I, I should say this, I hope at some point I get back to enjoying 
watching Chelsea play football again. It's it's not great right now. Uh, it feels like we have a ton of the right ingredients, maybe the right recipe, and maybe the right cook, but it's not come together. On that note, that is going to wrap up our match review. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to be able to connect with that, uh, find uh, a lot of uh, similarities to how they feel with that. So, uh, you know, even Marco's saying his biggest concern is that how does this stop? How do we turn this ship around? Because the disjointness seems like every time we play, we spring a new leak and we haven't fixed any of the old ones. So uh, Tuku gets paid a lot of, bit of money to do that along with his staff. So we'll have to see how it goes. But anyways, that's going to wrap up our match review. More content coming at you this week. Our first Champions League uh, midweek match review. Hopefully far better next time. Uh, but put it on your calendars. Uh, Fulham with the early kickoff is our next match. But we'll have more podcast content coming at you until then. So until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Get the blue flag flying high.